Welcome to Eargas. I'm your host, Jamori Kanar. How y'all doing today on this rainy afternoon here in South Florida? That's right, I'm in South Florida and it is raining. Nothing new, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, as much as we have sun, we have rain. So I am relaxing today because whenever it rains, I feel like relaxing. I actually just had lunch at a Red Lobster alone by myself. No, no, no guests, no dinner guests, no lunch guests. It was just me. Uh, enjoyed myself, and now it's time to get down to the business of ear gas, which is giving you some information that you can use or that you might have not already uh, heard. Today, we are going to talk about Lindsey Graham, Senator of South Carolina. He's a senator of South Carolina, and he said some pretty outlandish and uh, distasteful and disrespectful things over the past couple days, but there's no need for me to tell you what he can tell you in his own words. We're going to go to uh, Breakfast Club clip right now, which has a clip of what this man has said about People outside of the white race. Let's hear what he has to say. But Thursday, October 15th, I have to go to South Carolina Senator Lindsey Ladybug Grant. Uh, now listen, Lindsey just got dark here today on Monday because he said black people and immigrants are free to go anywhere in South Carolina as long as they're conservative. I'm not making this up. Let's listen. I care about everybody. If you're a young African-American, uh, an immigrant, you can go anywhere in this state. You just need to be conservative, not liberal. Now, keep in mind, uh, Lindsey may lose his Senate seat this year to South Carolina's Jamie Harrison. Drop in clues months with Jamie Harrison. A black man from Orangeburg, South Carolina, who has shattered congressional fundraising records by raising $57 million in the third quarter of this year. That's who I'm voting for, by the way. Uh, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Child man, you only voting for Jamie Harrison because he's black. Not true! I'm voting for him because his wife is black. <laughs> And I love his plan to build South Carolina's infrastructure and his plan on ending poverty in South Carolina. But back to his opponent, Lindsey Ladybug Graham. Listen, while y'all were busy slandering Ice Cube yesterday for nothing, literally nothing, our real enemies were showing their true colors once again. What is Lindsey Ladybug Graham's true colors? Well, I believe Crayola would call it good old boy white. Good old boy white. white. Good old boy white. All right, that good old boy white. I, I don't like that kind of white. Okay, that's that ignorant, southern white guy who can say and do virtually anything and still be viewed in a positive manner because good old boy white is America's favorite color. Add a little red, add a little blue, and we call that good old boy prejudice, patriotism. And more often, not, more often than not, uh, regardless how racist, how prejudiced, no matter how much of those white devil horns we see, all that racism will be dismissed as good old boys just kidding around. Oh, trust me, that was his excuse for what he said yesterday. See, y'all were too busy. Uh, attacking and fake canceling your own in Ice Cube yesterday, attacking him for something he didn't say. Meanwhile, Lindsey Graham was at the Supreme Court hearings, the confirmation hearings for Amy Coney Barrett actually saying things he should be canceled for. And by canceled, I mean voted out. Here it comes, y'all. One of the reasons you can say with confidence that you think Brown versus Board of Education is super precedent is that you're not aware of any effort to go back to the good old days of segregation by a legislative body. Is that correct? That is correct. Pardon me. You're not aware of any effort to go back to the good old days of segregation. Stop it. 
all right? And the real enemy is not the ice cubes of the world. That's how they keep us distracted, by having us fighting amongst each other instead of focusing on the real problems. And good old boys like Lindsey Graham are a real problem, okay? And he's got to go. Please let Kathy Griffin give uh, Lindsey Ladybug Graham the biggest he -haw. Please give this giant jar of mail <clears throat> the biggest he -haw. All right. Now, they gave him the donkey of the day, which is much deserved. Uh, let's let's go over what his comments actually meant. Now, I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt like James Harrison, Jamie Harrison did. I believe he meant it. I believe it was true. I believe that is his belief. He believes that segregation was good. He believes that black people and minorities can't go anywhere unless they're conservative. Well, I disagree. And I definitely don't understand how he is still in the Senate. He shouldn't be the senator of anything, if you ask me. You leave it up to me, he would be working at Walmart or working at uh, flower shops, anywhere far away from politics because we don't need politicians uh, making those kind of remarks. You know, that's just terrible. I'm going to see if I can find uh, some more clips of this guy just just talking talking crazy man it's uncalled for it's it's uncalled for good old days of segregation that is what this man said he also uh has some words to say about uh Carmela Harris you know, this this is the kind of foolishness that we have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis in this country. And it's unfair, and it's not right. He get to say whatever he uh, want to say. Uh, before dinner tonight, and we'll, uh, Let's hear what he had to say. And have a few breaks along the way. Uh, so, a couple observations from yesterday. There is a uh, opportunity here to explore uh, the nominee's thinking to the extent she can share her thoughts without deciding a particular case that comes before her. Uh, Senator Harris, who I respect, suggested you were not candid. And Judge Barrett, I couldn't disagree more. I think I've been here for a few of these. I voted for every nominee that has come before the committee. I think you have one thing in common, all of you, you're highly qualified, capable people. I saw that in uh, Justice Sotomayor and Justice Kagan, uh, submitted by President Obama. Uh, I definitely did not share their legal philosophy. I expected them to be fairly solid votes for the liberal side of the court. And generally speaking, they have been, but they've done so honorably. Uh, I think they have kept their commitment to, to be fair and impartial, but we do understand judicial philosophy matters. There's differences. I think everybody in America can get three hours of credit for originalism. It's the most detailed explanation 
of a legal philosophy. I think any nominee is provided to the Senate, and I appreciate that. Uh, Senator Harris mentioned about how much more candid Justice Ginsburg was. And with all due respect to Senator Harris, I, I, I don't agree with that. I think Justice Ginsburg uh, established the Ginsburg rule for a reason. But what she cited in terms of evidence of candor was a very articulate statement by Justice Ginsburg as to why she embraced the pro-choice point of view. That's not being candid about the law. That's being candid about who you are. I think it's pretty clear to everybody who's been watching these hearings that you and your family are pro-life, that you are a practicing Catholic, um, and you adhere to the tenets of your faith, but I hope people also understand that you have made a pledge to the committee and to the country at large that you will set aside whatever religious views you have when it comes time to decide the law. Uh, there's already been an example in the Seventh Circuit where you upheld a legislative provision that uh, restricted access to abortion clinics in terms of protesting. I think it's the bubble case. So I'm highly confident that you will uh, judge every American based on their case, not the law of Amy. And here's what is important to me. Justice, uh, excuse me, uh, Senator Blackburn and Ernst are two conservative women on this committee. It is... Uh, a very uh, give-and-take society called America, but there's one group in America I think has had a hard time of it, and that's uh, conservatives of color and women conservatives. There's an effort by some in the liberal world to marginalize the contribution because you come out on a different side of an issue, particularly abortion. So this hearing to me is an opportunity to not Man, I don't know where these people get the nerve to say all due respect and you respect someone right before you disrespect them or talk crap. See, if I want to disrespect somebody, I'm going to disrespect them. I'm going to disrespect them and I'm not going to apologize or say with all due respect or with respect due or you know I'm not going to give you any of that if I have something that's disrespectful to say to you I'm just going to say it if that's the way I feel if that's the truth but see people in this country they have a, a tendency to come off with the with all due respect and then they hit you with a low blow that's not that's not how it's supposed to be Let's see what else he had to say. Opportunity to not punch through a glass ceiling, but a reinforced concrete barrier around conservative women. You're going to shatter that barrier. Uh, I have never been more proud of a nominee than I am of you. You've been candid to this body about who you are, what you believe. You've been reassuring in your disposition. And this is history being made, folks. This is the first time in American history that we've nominated a woman who's unashamedly pro-life and uh, embraces her faith without apology, and she's going to the court. A seat at the table is waiting on you. 
and it will be a great signal to all young women who want to share your view of the world that there's a seat at the table for them. Uh, this won't be celebrated in most places. It'd be hard to find much commentary about this uh, moment in American history, but in many of our worlds, this will be celebrated. This has been a long time coming, and we have arrived. So I want to thank President Trump for giving you the opportunity to showcase your talents. I believe that Justice Sotomayor and Kagan were incredibly qualified women, a great character, disposition, and integrity, and I believe the same about you. So let's talk a little bit about yesterday, Obamacare. This hearing has been more about Obamacare than it has you. Obamacare is on the ballot. If you want socialized, single-payer health care, that's on the ballot. Why do many of us object to Obamacare? It was written uh, and passed on a partisan line, I think on Christmas Eve. Most big changes in society have more buy-in than that. You're talking about one-fifth of the American economy. And as I said yesterday, from a South Carolina point of view, this has not worked out well. We started with five exchanges. We're down to one. You have one choice. Four rural hospitals have closed. Premiums have gone up, not down, by an average of 30%. And when you look at the formula used by Obamacare, I can understand why Senator Harris likes it the way it is. I can understand why Chuck Schumer likes it the way it is. Uh, three states get 35% of all Obamacare dollars. New York, California, Massachusetts, they're 22% of the population. In South Carolina, if you had a for patient formula, no matter where you lived, you got the same contribution from the federal government, South Carolina would receive almost an additional billion dollars. I don't blame California, New York, and Massachusetts for wanting more. Uh, people in South Carolina should blame me and Senator Scott for accepting that construct. So uh, when it comes to health care, we all have our different positions, but today is about you. And today is about whether or not you're qualified to serve on the highest court in the land. Uh, severability. Can you tell me again, I know you've been asked a hundred times, the doctrine of severability, what, what does it mean? Uh, push, push the red button. Yeah. I think so. No, I can't hear you now. It's not... Um, there we go. There we go. Okay. There we go. So the doctrine of severability um, is a doctrine essentially of statutory interpretation. And what it means is if you have a statute, and the Affordable Care Act is obviously a very long statute, if there's one provision within the statute that's unconstitutional, the question is whether that one section can simply be rendered null and excised from the statute, severed, um, so that the rest of the law stands, or whether that provision is so central to the statute. You're hearing the voice of Amy Barrett. Once it's pulled out, the whole house Amy Barrett. collapses. And the presumption is always in favor of severability. Um, it, it's a question of your intent. The court but, looks... Oh, sorry, go ahead. 
But the main thing is the doctrine of severability has a presumption to save the statute if possible. Is that correct? That is correct. So I want every conservative in the nation to listen to what she just said. The doctrine of severability presumes and its goal is to preserve the statute if that is possible. So from a conservative point of view, generally speaking, we want legislative bodies to make laws, not judges. Is that correct? That is correct. And would it be further true that if you can preserve her statute, you try to, to the extent possible? That is true. Okay. That's the law, folks. Abortion. You were read some statements by, I think it's St. What's the name of the pro-life group county? The St. Joseph County Right to Life. Okay. And you were asked by Senator Blumenthal, who I respect, whether or not their policy positions were illegal. Do you remember that? I remember him asking me whether I accepted other policy positions on in vitro fertilization and whether it was a rejection of Roe. Yeah. Well, I remember a exchange where they took a statement from that group or some other group arguing for the criminalization. Remember that? The criminalization of IVF. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And here's my problem with that analysis. That was a position taken by a pro-life county organization. It's not your job to pass judgment on the thoughts and beliefs of Americans, is it, as a Supreme Court justice? No, it is not. So when they argue that something should be criminal, they have a right to make that argument, right? They do. It also wasn't in the ad that appeared next to the statement. The main thing is, how does something become criminal in our legal system in America? When a legislative body passes a statute. So here's what I want you to know. Statements by political organizations are not law. And what we tried to do yesterday was turn a pro-life group into a legislative body and tried to get you to rule on their beliefs. I think that is a dangerous thing for Americans to be asking a judge to do with you on the right or the left. Here's a statement from an organization I don't particularly agree with, and I want you to pass judgment as to whether or not that's legal. The question for you would be, if some legislative body tried to criminalize this procedure, then that would be subject to litigation in court. Is that correct? That is correct. A case in controversy doesn't arise because you disagree with a statement of a private person or a private group. Is that correct? That is correct. A case in controversy arises around criminal law when some body passes a criminal statute. Is that correct? That's correct. Then and only then would you determine the constitutionality of that provision. Is that correct? Well, actually, not even then. The statute would have to be enforced against somebody, so a prosecutor would have to try to hold someone criminally liable for getting IVF, for example. So the case in controversy concept would have to mature. Yes, there would be quite a lot of maturation required. Before it got to the Supreme Court, if it ever did. So I just want every American to know it's not the role of the Supreme Court justice to pass judgment on your opinions. It's the role of a Supreme Court justice in very limited circumstances to pass judgment on laws passed by legislative bodies and other circumstances, regulation, I would suppose. 
Now, to me, it sounds like this guy has this woman, Amy Barrett, on some kind of a stand for a trial. That's just how it seems like he's talking to her to me. Grilling her, grilling her, grilling her. Is that correct? Is that correct? Man, listen. Sit down somewhere, man. Sit down somewhere, brother. You have no right to grill or question somebody after the statements that came out of your mouth. And you talk about abortion, abortion, abortion. You know, this is the problem I have with a lot of these Republicans. Now, I told you guys before, I'm neither Democrat or Republican. So I could speak on both parties. I could speak on the negative and the positive. And you shouldn't hold it against me because I am neither. I'm neither I'm neither Democrat or Republican. Now, you talking about laws and abortions. I, the problem I have with Republicans is this. They say they stand for this, they stand for that, and they stand for what America is and should be and what they want it to be, but behind closed doors they're doing more evil than they, they want you to know about. It's a lot of evil going on, Democrat and Republican. It's evil all around the board, all over. They dribble evil all day all week, all month, all year, sometimes for multiple years before they are uh, no longer in office or die or whatever it is. They talk about all these subjects as and point the finger at the other party as if the other party is, is the evil one. You're equally evil because if you say that you stand for rights, and the right things to happen in the country, then you you need to have conversation with both sides and come to the middle and see where you can agree at. But that's not what happens in politics. See, Republicans and Democrats are always pointing the fingers at each other. Like I said before, they should get rid of the title Democrat and Republican and just let people run and uh, you pick who you want who you feel is the best for the position because both of them evil. Both of them are evil and both of them want to be right. Both of them think the other party is wrong. If you get rid of the title Democrat Republican, then you get to pick not for who's in the party that you would like, uh, or you represent, you would pick the per- the best person you feel suitable for the job. Now, this man, Lindsey Graham, is grilling people and talking uh, down, really, to people and actually talking like he is a dictator. That's how he's talking to this. Now, they're not, they're having a meeting, but they are not, uh, on the stand for a murder, not on the stand for crimes. They're they're having a discussion. 
This guy's actually acting like he Perry Mason or Matlock. That's that's how bad it is. And if you get a chance to go and uh, check this out, it's Lindsey Graham trashes Carmella Harris during Amy uh, Barnett hearing. It's a hearing. This is not a person who's on the stand to be uh, convicted or executed or anything like that. But yet and still, this guy feels the need to talk to this woman this way. Let's hear some more of what he's saying. It's, it's, it's man. I could tell you um, what. Now, Logan, it's a shame. Is it appropriate for legislative bodies to protect the integrity of the ballot box? Um, so any specific measures that legislative bodies took to protect the integrity of the ballot box could be subject to litigation, subject to challenge. And that's right. And as, as they are developed, uh, the courts will hear cases if cases and controversies arise, right? Yes. One of the reasons we don't have an agreement with the House is that in their $2.2 trillion package, they're mandating ballot harvesting as a national policy. I think it's right for fraud. Uh, we've seen evidence of ballots being placed in people's cars and dropped in ditches. So I think there will be an effort, I hope, to protect the integrity of the ballot and also ensure easy voting. I don't think they're contrary uh, goals for the nation. Now, when it comes to being on the court itself and collaborating with other members of the court, what's your experience been at the Seventh Circuit level? How's that played out? Um, it is so collegial. Um, we all collaborate. I have the greatest respect and have had wonderful interactions with every single one of my colleagues. Do you think you have the capability to fit in at the Supreme Court? Um, I hope so. Okay. So we talked a lot about uh, laws uh, legalizing same-sex marriage. The, 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 what's the name of the case? Obergefell. Okay. And you would, if anybody tried to change that precedent, one of the things you would look at is a reliance interest that people have formed around that piece of legislation? Yes. Same with uh, Casey and Roe? Yes. Okay. So reaching a decision that the case was wrongly decided doesn't end the debate in terms of whether or not it should be repealed. Is that correct? That is correct. Man, we're going to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Stay with me. We got more from this guy, Lindsey Graham, okay? Welcome back. Welcome back. I hope you have uh, enjoyed getting some of this information on Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. Now, it seems to me also he was setting uh, himself up for the remarks. He was setting himself up uh, a defense for the remarks he made later on went to talk about uh, what they say about Trump and what they say about this. And he blamed it all on the social media. Let's take a listen at what he had to say about the social media platforms that I know a lot of you all love and enjoy. Let's hear what uh, Mr. Graham 
Lindsey Graham had to say about uh, your social media. Thank you. Uh, you know, 2020 can't get any stranger. So, uh, 19 days out from an election, again, I don't know if the New York Post article is true. Uh, I think it is established that Hunter Biden, while he was visiting China with the vice president, uh, received money from a Chinese bank for investment. I don't know <clears throat> much more about it, but I do know this, that uh, a lot of uh, information to steal dossier was all over the place. They never blocked that. All the allegations about Russian collusion and Trump and every other idea that Trump may have done something bad, nobody blocked that. So what we're going to do is we're going to finally have an accounting that's long overdue. These social media platforms have a dominance in our lives. They're newspapers, uh, they're TV stations, they're radio stations, they're publishers. And this, to me, crystallizes the problem better than anything I could think of for the American people. You may be a Democrat uh, saying, I don't want to hear the New York Post. It could be you tomorrow. So the point is that the power behind these platforms have been taken to a level that truly is dangerous, I think. The stopping Americans who have these tools available to them from exercising their ability to share information with their friends. Nobody on Twitter and social media shut down anything about Trump and Russia. So we're going to proceed Tuesday. Hopefully the Democrats on the committee will be as interested in this uh, as we are because it's us today, it could be them tomorrow. It could be us today, them tomorrow. Now, what makes this man think that Democrats don't read the New York Post, the New York Times, just as the Republicans do? Who 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 told him that? Like the things this man is saying is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know about this guy. I don't know about him. I don't I don't I don't know what he's thinking, how he feels. I do know how he feels. I won't lie on myself. I know how he feels. He said how he feels. The good old days of segregation. I'm not letting that go. He wants to segregate again. He wants to bring the Jim Crow era back. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. He wants that. <laughs> Man. I, I, I'm, I'm lost for words when it comes to these kind of people who are put in office, who are put in the White House, who are put in the Senate, who are put in uh, mayor positions, who are put in any role of leadership because... It's it's a shame. It's a shame. Senator Lindsey Graham should not even be in politics if he has these kinds of ways of thinking. Oh, I was saying it in a sarcastic way. Boo-hoo. I don't believe you. Yeah, you said it in a sarcastic way, but you still would like for these things to happen. You would like for these things to come back. You would like to be in control again. That is never going to happen. I keep telling you all that. It's never going to happen. Politics is a dirty 
dirty game. And it's a lot of dirty and evil people in the politics. So you have to be careful who you vote in. Vote, 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 vote. Well, who are you voting for? I don't care if you vote or not when it comes to these evil people. Vote for good people. You never know truly who they are, but find the best people uh, that you can vote for and vote for them. Don't vote for these kind of idiots that's running the country now. Jesus Christ. And then you're upset. You're upset when you vote for them and they don't do exactly what they said. One thing about Donald Trump, you can't say he didn't do what he said. He told you everything he was going to do. And if he didn't do it yet, he's in the works of trying to do it. We only a few days away, less than a month uh, from this election. We got to start voting for the right people. Stop telling people just vote, just vote, just vote. No, don't just vote. You need to just find the best person to vote for. Then it makes your voting mean something. Just voting for somebody just to say you voted doesn't mean anything. Are those people going to fight for you? Are those people going to benefit you? Are those people going to help better this country and put you in positions to better your life? Those are the people you need to vote for. Don't just vote, 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 vote for this one, vote for that one. Oh, you better get out and vote. I hear that all day, all day on the radio, all day on TV, all day in conversation. I'm not voting for idiots. I'm not voting for people who want me back in segregation. I'm not voting for people who want me back in slavery. That's stupid. I'm going to vote myself back in the jail. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You want me to vote to go back to something that I never, ever asked for, that never should have been done. Who in the hell in 2020 wants to be back in segregation? The only people who want segregation to come back is the people who want slavery to come back. The people who want slavery to come back should not be in office. They should not hold a position of power. They should not be CEOs of the companies. They should not be mayors, senators, governors, presidents. They should not be any of those things. Evil, evil, evil mentalities. That's what's going on in politics right now. That's what's going on in politics right now. Evil, evil thoughts. Evil thoughts of deception and trickery. I don't trust Joe Biden either. Sorry to say it. I feel the same way I feel about Joe Biden as I do Trump. Uh-uh. Not, not, not my vote. I'm going to be voting, but I won't be voting for either one of those people. I'm going to vote for somebody else. And they probably don't even have a 1% chance of winning, but I'm going to vote for them. Vote for somebody else. You can't say I didn't vote. I voted. I just didn't vote for the two most popular people that's running. People 
Don't just go vote. Vote for the right people in your opinion, in your mind. Don't vote for somebody just because your sister, your mother, your friends are voting for that person. If that's not the person who has your best interest at heart, don't vote for them. Let's finish hearing what Lindsey Graham had to say. And there's a very rigorous process in place to overturn president. There is many factors, reliance being one. Uh, is there any constitutional right to uh, a polygamous relationship? Um, let's see. That might be a question that could be litigated at, you know, polygamy, obviously, in many places is illegal now. But that could be an issue somebody might litigate before the court at some point. Yeah, somebody might make the argument it's possible for three people to love each other genuinely, and that would work its way to the court if somebody wanted to make that argument. Is that correct? Somebody could, yeah, make that argument. So you've been asked a lot, a lot about Roe v. Wade and, and Casey, and one of the differences between Brown versus Board of Education and Roe line of cases is that there's active litigation regarding Roe. Is that correct? That is correct. I think Senator Hirano named eight or nine different cases that may come up to the court, cases in controversy. And one of the reasons you can't tell us how you would rule is because there's active litigation coming to the court. Is that correct? That is correct. And one of the reasons you can say with confidence that you think Brown versus Board of Education is super present is that you're not aware of any effort to go back to the good old days of segregation by a legislative body. Is that correct? That is correct. That is and also again. said in lectures that Brown was correct as an original matter. So that is the kind of thing, since I've said it in writing, I felt like I could express before the committee. Uh, when it comes to Heller, there's uh, legislative bodies all over the country passing laws regarding gun ownership. Are you aware of that? I am aware of that. Okay, when it comes to Citizens United, I think there'll be some efforts after this election to maybe revisit that case. So the, the thing that I'm trying to establish here is that Heller, Citizens uh, United, Roe, Casey are all actively being litigated because legislative bodies are playing in that arena. Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. So your, your point to us is when it's likely that case and controversies around the holding of a particular case are going to come to the court, there's only so much you can tell us about what you may or may not do. Absolutely. So that Roe v. Wade compared to Brown versus Board of Education is not super president. Um, not super president as I was using that term in the articles that have been referred to. And let me tell you from a common sense point of view why it's not super president. I have legislation. 14 states have passed a law that I'm trying to get passed up here. That in the fifth month of pregnancy, 20 weeks, an unborn child is capable of feeling pain. I'm making the argument there's a compelling state interest to protect that unborn child from a very painful death called abortion. There's only seven nations on the entire planet that allow abortion on demand in the fifth month. Now that's a political exercise we're going through. Fourteen states have passed a version of what I've just described. That will be coming to the court, I would imagine, uh, in the future. All I ask is, that will you listen to both sides of the argument if it gets to you? I will. Thank you. Uh, Judge, uh, all I can say, I've met a lot of people in this business, and very impressive people. Uh, one of the highlights of my time on the committee 
is to get to meet incredibly talented, smart, squared away people. Judge uh, Justice Roberts sat right before you and didn't have a note. A lot of people on my side are upset with him about this or that. Sometimes I disagree with him, but I do know this, that he's doing what he thinks is best for the court and for the country. Uh, Justice Sotomayor and Kagan. Delightful people. Yeah, but what are, what are you doing? Smart. That's the question. Uh, what are you doing? Are you doing what's best for the country? And I don't think so. Because they should be. They're on the court because they live lives worthy of being on the court. Are you worthy, though? See, see, people ask questions and don't ask themselves the the same question. They lived uh, incredibly productive and uh, meaningful lives. Uh, Justice Gorsuch and Kavanaugh are both on the court for the same reasons. As to you, you're every bit in their league. In my view, this is exactly where you should be going to the Supreme Court that the United States of America will benefit from your participation at the Supreme Court. You will offer a point of view that me, me and some Americans share. You will have life experiences that will round out the court. You will apply the law to the facts and that you are going Man, please. He with that funny business. That's what we call funny business down here. Something's not right. Something's not right. Listen, you would uh, praise other people that, that's on the board with you. Those are your peers. Those are your colleagues. Uh, but we, we see through all of it. We see through all of it and we don't support it. So you guys need to really take a look at Lindsey Graham. He does not need to be in any kind of uh, leadership role. He, at, at this present time, he's the chairman. Now, I don't know how you feel about a chairman speaking that way about the good old days of segregation and uh, colored people and minorities and illegal immigrants can go anywhere in this country and fit as long as they're conservative. How does that make you feel? See, here at Eargas, we talk about all of these things. We talk about all of these topics. We don't run or hide from the conversations that a lot of people do hide from. You know why? I'm going to say it again. We're in control of the content on this show. We don't have to answer to anybody. Nobody can take this show away from us. So we talk about these things that other people don't. And I would suggest and advise for you, the listeners, if you're not already uh, into this realm of things that's going on into the world, you get into it. You need to know who is who and what their agenda is. Because these are the people that, that, that they are having you vote for. That's all I have today on Ear Gas. God bless you. I hope this has been a, a informational
uh, segment for you. And uh, if you didn't know about Senator Lindsey Graham, now you do. Tune in next time. We're going to have the presidential debate discussion. They will be in two separate rooms, two separate places, and they're going to be on at the same time. So let's see who you pick. Which Who are you picking? Are you going to watch Joe Biden or are you going to watch Donald Trump? Most people are going to watch Donald Trump because they want to be entertained. Uh, myself, I'm probably going to watch Donald Trump because I think he's funny. I like to see him get upset. <laughs> uh, he's entertaining. He's made for TV. Joe Biden, I will uh, catch his segment uh, on YouTube or the internet afterwards. Uh, but make sure you watch. Make sure you watch both of them, man, so you can know what's going on and what they have to say. Okay. God bless. Love you. Talk to you next time. Ear gas.